Hey, I'm Daniel Spear. And I'm James Swazo. And you're listening to Long Beach Cheesemate, a podcast presented in collaboration with Forth.org. Please, these gays, they're trying to educate me so they can post about their podcast or some shit. Is that your Jennifer Coolidge? Yeah. Is that the best one you can do? <laughs> it's me, you're way better at no. it than I am. <laughs> these gays, they're trying to turn me on to lefty media. Oh. Ready. Saving that. That was your big... <laughs> that was that was, that was was what I was going for. Yeah. Good, good, good. I uh, have... Uh, we got a guest back. We got a guest by back. Popular by demand. popular demand. Literally... As in our producers were like, you should look at <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah. The, the people have spoken the in the comments and the DMs. Mm-hmm. And Stefan Borsensulo, local mm-hmm. criminal defense attorney, is back with us. They were like, your podcast needs more white men. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one, <laughs> but a, a good white guy. A good white guy. A lot of TM. Bad, bad white TM. Guys, good right? white guy. Yeah. TM. <laughs> How are you, good white guy? I'm doing all right. Do you want to get into the discussion about Italians and whiteness, or is it? Ooh, oh, that's no. nuance. That's yeah. nuance. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Subtext. We don't have time for all that, though. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so I, Stevens, back with us because we were all hanging out recently talking about current events yeah. and. I was like, Stefan, I want to do a podcast on a very specific person in Long Beach, and I think you're perfect to come back and talk about him, mm. because the episodes on Robert Garcia were such a smash. Right. So Smash hit. They're asking for another thing. Like, when are you going to cut another Robert Garcia episode? I and know. They said, we're done with him. We've already explored everything <laughs> there is to explore. We know his blood type, his birth yeah. star, his star science. So SparkNotes mm. version for those of you who missed the other episode. So Stefan is, used to be working City Hall. Right. And anything you want to say about your background for folks who were like, who the hell are you? Uh, I used to lobby in City Hall, too. Uh, yeah. Briefly had some clients there. And uh, yeah, I worked a bunch of campaigns, uh, then uh, annoyed the shit out of them and left that. So, mm. so you, you know where the bodies are buried. I mean, that's been the expression, but yeah. <laughs> that's a good defense sure. attorney answer. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. He knows where the body's buried. He knows who did coke when, right? That's the, that's the real one. That's the real tea. Yeah, exactly. So I want to time hop a little bit okay. in today's episode. So wait, well, who are we talking about? What is our, do I not get to know? We're going to get there. There's a reveal? We're going to get there. There's a, right. a buildup. Okay. We're going to edge to it a bit. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> so February 21st of 2023. Ooh. Recently. Okay. What month is it? It's April right now. Girl. Yeah. So not too long ago. <laughs> like the middle of April. <laughs> so I don't know if you remember this. Uh, February 21st, 2023, mm-hmm. the Long Beach City Council voted unanimously to overturn a vote of the Planning Commission. That was a vote they made three months prior that denied a permit for an automated car wash to replace the longstanding Los Potros Mexican restaurant and nightclub on PCH and Gardenia. Okay. See, you said all that, and then you said car wash, and I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a thing. There was They, they, they were going to be like, build another car wash because we don't have enough on PCH, right? right. We need more. Literally, especially <laughs> if you drive down PCH yeah. in, like, central Long Beach, east side, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's car wash, car, car wash, wash, car wash, yeah. Car wash, mm-hmm. auto body shop. Oh, hey. Car wash, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so this uh, restaurant... Uh, was up for a vote at the Planning Commission because a developer um, bought the uh, property and wanted to develop an automated car wash. Oh, so it used to be a restaurant is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. And it's still there. It's still there. 
planning commission was like, Ugh, like this this does not fit with any of like the land use element. Sure, it it is um, in defiance of like the environmental justice elements of our city code. Um, yeah, there's already. I'm uh, already getting lost in the weeds a little bit. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> land use element is like what they're saying. Like, is that like zoning? Is that yes. like yeah? Okay. It's exactly like what we can we build and how we can we make like our land use healthier. Sure. Okay. Right. Like what gets built where. Gotcha. All that kind of stuff. So the vote planning commission was like, yeah, no, we, we shouldn't have this. Comes back to the city council because the developer actually uh, appealed it. Right. Mm. So. Basically, if the developer or the applicant doesn't like what the planning commission voted on, they can appeal it, and it okay. goes to the city council. Okay. So, yeah. um, despite the opposition of a lot of community members who come out yeah. and say that, look, there's already way too many car washes right. in that area. Like, we should have more community-serving use, like affordable housing, sure. like retail, or even homeless Literally services. Literally anything else. <laughs> Literally anything else but another fucking car yeah, wash, right? Yeah. And so even city planning staff recommended that the council uphold the planning commission's denial because it just wasn't consistent with any of these policies. Sure, sure. And the city council ends up voting unanimously okay. to overturn and give the permit to the developer for an automated car wash. Oh, just like that, huh? I mean, how often does this kind of stuff happen? Pretty rarely. The council largely defers to the uh, decisions of the planning commission outside of uh, very extenuating circumstances. Yeah. So... <laughs> At the hearing, what was interesting about it and why we're talking about this damn car wash, right? Yeah. Besides just being like, where is this going? Can right? I just, yeah, can I just, as a layman, that seems like a very clear, like, oh, something, something fishy. Some, some, Somebody some. wanted that car wash made and waved their hands and it got, it's happening. Right. Yeah. So at the actual appeal of the car wash uh, mm. um, uh, at the city council. This is the most local. <laughs> this is there's moments when I like it becomes very clear to me that our podcast is super niche. And when oh, you said yeah. at the appeal of the local car wash in front of city council, that's when I'm like, yeah, we're for a very select group of people. One hundred percent. I love it. Yeah. People love it. No, people we're true. We're true to ourselves. So at the appeal hearing comes the developer and all of his like legal mm -hmm. team and all of his consultants, right? Yeah. One of the consultants who's actually shows up to the city council hearing is mm -hmm. no stranger to the city council. It's actually the former city manager named Patrick West. Oh. Pat West for short. Yeah. And a lot of people name. were yeah. like, WTF, the fuck is he doing here, right? Mm. So I want to play you a clip of him doing his actual appeal to the city council, the people who used to be his boss. Whoa. And he is now like a lobbyist and consultant for this developer. That's cool. That just got their permit denied that and seems, they are now appealing. That seems normal. That's Thank you, Francis. Hi, everybody. Pat West here. Um, good evening, mayor and city council members. Um, good evening, city management team, Tom Modica, Linda Tatum. Good evening, city attorney McIntosh. So to understand this section of Pacific Coast Highway, let me take us back 30 years to 1992. This was the year of the Rodney King civil unrest and central Long Beach was ground zero for the city. So much so that in the aftermath, the city council and the redevelopment agency formed CPAC or the Central Project Area Committee whose stated purpose was to use redevelopment tools and dollars to eliminate extremely blighted conditions, which many felt led to the much led to much of the unrest in Central Long Beach in general. While many positive developments have occurred throughout Central Long Beach in the past years, this small part of PCH continues to suffer. There were high hopes 
when approached by the Salvation Army to turn Chittick Field into a new croc center. This was going to be the catalyst for the area, the catalyst for change. Unfortunately, the croc center never materialized. While the city was able later to use what was left of redevelopment dollars to improve Chittick Field, blight and deterioration continues on this corridor west of Signal Hill. It's been 30 years since the civil unrest of 1992. Before you tonight, there's a spark of new development for this corridor. So yes, that's him comparing the history of the Rodney King riots as to why we need an automated car wash. <laughs> if you didn't know <laughs> that that's where it was heading, you'd be like, oh, so he's going to build a homeless shelter or a community something, something? Nope, we're getting an automated car wash. <laughs> I, mm, ooh, I, listen, I've lost all ability to be surprised anymore, right? Like, this podcast, <laughs> just life in general and just like, yeah, just like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's your reaction to that? Uh, it's interesting that he's bringing up the development of Chittick Field. Uh, that was one of DeAndrew's former vice mayor there. That was his baby for a while. Mm. Somehow they cobbled it. They, like he said, they lost some of the uh, the original plan to turn it into some sort of giant rec center. Mm. And then cobbled together by hook or by crook, allegedly, enough money to be able to make it into what's nice. Right now, pretty nice municipal track. You know, but yeah. that's quarter mile track. I use that weekly. And, you know, okay. you've got a football field that's used by community members and it's all municipally owned. It also fills up entirely with water every time it rains. Which is why a lot of people around the neighborhood call it El Oyo. Yep. El Oyo? Because yeah. it just fills up with water, which is actually like the purpose oh. to like prevent flooding. It is like a flood basin. But also kind of. Fucked up but that, it's like, weird that it's like huge... also supposedly a field that you're supposed to be able to use in the middle of the hood, right? Like you don't see El Dorado Park fucking flooding yeah, no. and filling up, right? Yeah. In East Long Beach, Ooh. right? <laughs> oh man! But just in terms of his speech patterns and everything like that, it's very emblematic of the presentations and the things that he would used to do back ten years ago or so, mm. laying mm. things out very in a very narrative fashion, very simply in a easy to follow uh, PowerPoint. Yeah, it's a perfected it's a perfected presentation manner. So we're going to talk about it because to understand okay. <laughs> after this presentation, the city council and, and did not ex- – in what nobody expected, yeah. overturned, voted unanimously to actually overturn the decision of the planning commission, approve the permit. Okay. And it comes out that Pat West and his lobbying firm yeah. met with city council members, met with city staff prior to this vote. Of course they did. And to understand why all this happens and who this is, the, we're going to talk this episode about Mr. Pat West, oh former city manager of Long Beach. Okay. Uh, to start us off, I want to give you a quote from Pat West as is during his time as city manager. Lay it on me. Quote, Long Beach is a good city, ready to become a great city. Mm. Which I think sums up what we're going to talk about really well. Yeah, no, this man! Developers, right? Ooh. Like, that's a, that's 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 the kind of, like, This calling. story has everything. Developers. <laughs> Developers. <laughs> Privatization. Commercialization. Ooh, 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 fiscal ooh, conservatism. Ooh, fuck a park. <laughs> let's build a water slide. <laughs> so, let's start with who he is. Let's talk a okay. little bit. We're going to talk about the lumber salesman to city management <laughs> to lobbyist pipeline. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so Pat West actually grew up in Inglewood. Um, fun fact: his dad was a lumber salesman. So there Great. you go. He runs the very family. humble beginnings. Mm-hmm. He moved. Pat West moved to Huntington Beach um, when he was young. Started working for cities at the age of sixteen as an ocean lifeguard in Huntington Beach. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought he was pushing papers at sixteen. But that's, that's very <laughs> no, different. Yeah, as a yeah, lifeguard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, this municipal kind of. The government I, life. Sure, sure. Follows him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he went to Huntington Beach High School where he met his wife and mm-hmm. graduated from the newly opened Edison High School. 
He has a BA uh, from UC Irvine in social ecology. Mm. Um, got his master's in recreational administration from Cal State LA. Okay. And an MBA from Cal State Dominguez Hills. Great. Uh, he worked at UCLA for five years, eventually saw government as his pathway, mm-hmm. and ended up working for 25 years at the city of Paramount from 1980 oh. to 2005. Just right there. Yeah, right, just right, right there, right. Long Beach's hat. North of Long Beach's hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, he worked there as the Parks and Recreation Director, and then eventually became the director of the Redevelopment Agency. Okay. Do you remember that? Redevelopment Agency? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Sparking some, some memories. A little bit. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It's um, been a while since we did an episode. Be nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> so he eventually is, so he's in the city of Paramount for 25 years mm-hmm. um, as this bureaucrat there. Um, and mm-hmm. eventually after being the RDA, Redevelopment Agency Director, he becomes city manager. Okay. Um, and of that, Paramount? Of Paramount. Okay. And that's when he's like, oh. I can take the big guns, right? He makes the move to uh, become the redevelopment agency director in Long Beach from Mm. 2005 to 2007. Mm. And eventually he becomes a city manager in 2007. He was our city manager for 12 years. He retired in 2019. Yeah, um, and then so, they did that na- nationwide search for they did a nationwide Tom search. <laughs> but also, what? Uh, so he's a city manager in Long Beach for twelve years mm. until twenty nineteen. Long time. What a convenient year to dip. Oh, right before the COVID hits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you think he knew? Is this the first conspiracy I mean, theory? I don't know. We're, we're starting the rumor here. I think Pat West started COVID. He started COVID. I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> regardless of what God you hear in the damn. news. God damn. <laughs> right? I mean. Son of a bitch. That's, that's, yeah. 12 years is a long time. Like, that's more than yeah. typical city council, me- like, council members. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Saw a couple presidents, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What was, like, your impression of city, of city, of, what's his name? Pat West. Pat West. <laughs> city man. Uh, company man. Company man. And intentionally unassuming, but definitely somebody who knew how to work the levers in the various bureaucratic insular institutions within the, mm. uh, within the city. Okay. He had adopted a way of briefing individual council members in order to get them on the same page. Mm. Um, and it was hard to tell at the time, because this would have been the last year of Bob Foster's reign, whether or not he was reflecting that of the mayor or carrying on a kind of independent sense of power from within the city manager's office. At my particular time of knowing him, he was definitely trying to kiss up Garcia because it's a at will position. Mm. So mm. he wanted to make that break, that jump from one administration to the other. And I think that's a really good point because, like, it was really clear. And even like he openly talks about this. Like yeah. Pat West understood that he needed council, city council support to maintain his position there, mm. and that maintaining his position was important to him. Right. Gotcha. So um, he like. There's a lot of anecdotes I've heard from people of like him telling people like, "You just say yes to city council members. If they say they want this, you say yes, even if it's." know in your head oh. and you pass it on to somebody else who will then say that oh we can't do it as long uh, as it's not you to work as the city manager just that right? way that way my relationship with them is never tarnished because you're making them yes you're making them you're happy making right them see that you're not the guy that's actually the enemy right you might be or whatever and it reflected its way in the way in the in the manner in which the city council members would uh put forth legislation the receive and file uh report being kind of the king among them yeah um, yeah I remember once for Garcia, we we pitched a uh, universal pre-K program, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I, I wrote it up, provided several examples in cities and states, largely conservative ones, with the intention of it kind of appealing towards fiscal conservatism mm. as a means of promoting uh, social you know progress. 
And he returned back with a receiving file saying, essentially reporting more or less what I'd already put forth <laughs> and then saying it's too expensive. Yeah. So it, that was the last anybody heard of that. Ooh. <laughs> we're not going to do that. So That's enough of that. We're talking about Pat West because he is somebody who knows how to strong arm the interests of business through council and in turn the city. Yes. And yeah. he is... He spent three and a half decades as a bureaucrat, right? Yeah. Um, he's spent 12 years as a city manager. That's a long time. That's sure. much longer than typical city managers. Yeah. Um, and he is a fiscal conservative, but not inherently anti or small government, but he's a very pro redevelopment. We're going to talk a lot about like what it is about Pat West's tenure as city manager. Yeah. And, and the redevelopment age that is so bad because there's so much she's made to dig into. Yeah. But I was it, trying to just like get a handle for like the, the the guiding light of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the bigger piece that I do while we will hit on and I want to come back to is that yeah. Pat West represents so much of neoliberal city governance. This mm. idea of our answer to all of these structural problems yeah. is more privatization of government, mm -hmm. bring in private capital. They are in bed with us. Yeah. The city is ready for business, let's deregulate labor, erode worker protections and benefits. Yeah. I love it when I see a problem in a city and my first thought is, what if there was an H&M there? <laughs> <laughs> or like an Orange Julius, you know? <laughs> but fun fact, <laughs> Pat West was the Long Beach Aquatic Citizen of the Year in 2011. I don't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like really big into swimming, isn't he? And like, yeah, they can, yeah not in our beaches. Am I wrong? Did they give him a... This might be a false memory. Didn't they give him a surfboard on his retirement? Oh, I remember that. That's oh, right. So I'm not wrong. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, you're not wrong. Wow. You're not. What, was it a Long Beach fever dream or was it actual reality? <laughs> That's the problem. Some of these things happen and it's you're like, it's way too wacky to actually Yeah, we're reality. a fake city. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're a city written by comedy writers. <laughs> Parks and Rec could never. Honestly. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about some of the hallmarks of Mr. Pat West's administration here. Okay. First, I want to talk about how much he hates workers' rights. <laughs> Great. That's a good start. That's one. That's one on the docket. So the first thing I want to talk about is Marquez versus the city of Long Beach. Okay. So in 2016, Wendy Marquez and Jasmine Smith were city employees employed by the city of Long Beach, right? Okay. okay. Uh, they grew pretty upset that the city refused to pay them the state minimum wage of $10 at the time. Mind you, 2016, right? Yeah. This was before uh, raising California the minimum wage and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, and, I remember. Yeah. And the city said, well, we're a charter city, so like we don't actually really have to do that. Girl, what? So, you know, we talked about this in previous episodes right, that right. certain cities in California, they can elect to have their own charter. We're different. Like, Yeah, we're, we're like we're special different. and unique. Yeah. Right? Our mayor doesn't do anything. We have a city manager. <laughs> Our mayor used to be gay. <laughs> Our mayor used to be gay. We used to have a gay one. So Long Beach said, well, because we're a charter city, we don't actually have to follow state laws like the minimum wage because we do our own thing. We're special, we're just fun and quirky like that. That doesn't, um, seem, that so, doesn't seem like it'll play out. <laughs> so Marquez and Smith were like, that's dumb yeah. and actually sued the city, alleging that Long Beach paid less than the state's minimum wage to about 200 staffers in the library services and parks, recreation, and marine departments. Whoa. Yeah. Which yeah. are also like two of the most like under, grossly underfunded yeah. departments in the When you city. look at the pie chart and the 
big chunk for cops is there. And yeah. The library and all the other parks. That's other. That's other. <laughs> yeah. It's really small. Um, and this was over a four-month period from January to April 2016. So because of the lawsuit in April 2016, the city agreed to pay the impacted employees $10 per hour retroactively okay. to align with the state's minimum law. Great. But they oh. argued that even though, like, we're aligning, they're like, again, like, we're not really required to do this, but we're good people and we hear you, so... We'll, we'll do it. That's why. That's why we <laughs> waited until you brought it up in court. <laughs> exactly. That, that's how good people we are. Uh, but in 2019, the Second District Court of Appeals uh, actually reversed the judge's decision, saying that um, the state authority trumps charter city authority when it comes to minimum wage. So Long Beach set the example for all the rest of California, saying you're a charter that. city and you still have to follow minimum wage laws. Oh, wow. <laughs> wowie, wowie, zowie. The court ruled at the time, this is from their actual ruling, they said, quote, the state has an interest in protecting workers' well-being, so Long Beach must abide by the state minimum wage. We conclude legislation setting a statewide minimum wage addresses the state's interest in protecting the health and welfare of workers by ensuring that they can afford the necessities of life for themselves and their families. Mm. So, yeah, this is how, and this was very reminiscent of how Pat West ran not just the city as the city manager. You were the one uh, controlling all of the departments, okay. right? The department so it was, heads report he, to you. He, you're ooh. setting the budget. Granted, the budget gets approved by the city council, right? right? But you're the one who knows where the money's at, right? And he's directly responsible for the wages being that low. Absolutely. Being below minimum wage. Yeah. Yeah. Every year they pass something called the fee schedule as well mm. as uh, individual uh, bargaining units will uh, set forth their contracts for uh, how they get paid. And uh, all of it gets approved, it gets written into the budget and then approved by the uh, council. Usually, what is it, June? Mm-hmm. Mm. So, uh, like August, September, yeah. All that comes out of the financial management department, which is uh, directly under uh, the city manager and the work chart. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And the city, I mean, even in the middle of all of this, like, they were really adamant in their position. Like, look, like, okay, we'll pay you this now, but we can still do what we want. And they spent time to fight it. Yeah. Even the attorney who was representing the Marquez and Smith employees said, quote, it seems silly for the city to spend this kind of taxpayer money to take the position that for a few months, it doesn't have to pay a group of workers minimum wage. That's so disgusting. <laughs> it's so disgusting. Minimum wage is already fucking bullshit. And it was $10. It's like so low already. And to be like, but even that, no. Yeah. Even that, no. Like, well, understanding the perspective where he's coming from, though. This no. Is some, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good perspective. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. But I think we just going to revoke your good white guys. I know. <laughs> well, we discussed this under Garcia, too, to a degree, which is yeah. the way they foresee government is a business. Mm -hmm. um, oh, 100%. Yeah. And the purpose of that business is to keep your um, expenditures low and your revenue high. And mm -hmm. so labor being one of your biggest expenditures, a good business is running as extremely lean as possible. Yeah. So when you're basically putting forth your, your city uh, to be sold by way of bonds on the bond market, you can say, no, 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 our expenditures <laughs> are low. So you can be able to feel free to invest in us, give us a bunch of money, allow us to be able to do, you know, whatever projects we feel like doing, because we're not going to have some, like, pesky librarian with a, you know, a pension they can actually live on. It's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, no, I get why they did it. It's greed. And it's like, it is specifically greed in this way that is working this way, which is that, like, they want to be able to get those bonds and whatnot and have people make investments in the city. But, like, yeah. 
Yeah, maybe government should be <laughs> like a thing that can be f- for helping people. <laughs> government take care of people? Like, uh, <laughs> Get that Jeez. liberal out of here. <laughs> can we throw some rocks at him? Well, and also the position of a city manager, too, is interesting because he, as what they're making, they're pulling down not just six figures. I think they're pulling down like 200 grand or something to that effect. Oh, yeah. Which is more. Oh, yeah. Is it more than the mayor? Yes. Yeah, I think we yes, we said that manager, in, our, in the city another manager episode. more than the mayor. Yeah, I remember learning that and yeah. going, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> Listen to episode. I don't remember what number, but it's yeah. the. Can I speak to the city can manager? Can I speak to the city manager? Episode? Yeah. Now season two is built on you having listened to season one. <laughs> We're building it out. <laughs> That way, the scaffolding of our podcast. giving narrative. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of cheap, so this isn't the only controversy related to paying workers what the the basic necessities of life. Yeah. Three years earlier, before Marquez versus City of Long Beach in 2013, there was a huge controversy with the city as to whether departments were being advised to keep part-time workers under the Affordable Care Act coverage threshold, so that way the city didn't have to pay them health care benefits. Cool. Wow. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So that's what we call a good look, right? Yeah. So in 2013, the Los Angeles Times runs an article in May talking about how the city's 1,600 part-time employees were being limited to only 27 hours per week on average, in anticipating of the employer mandate to pay healthcare benefits for employees working 30 hours or more. They're doing the same moves as like Starbucks and McDonald's and shit, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. Yes. This is with the city of Long Beach. Uh, so they get the city officials saying that without cutting payroll hours, the new health care benefits would cost up to $2 million more next year, and the extra expense would trigger layoffs and cutbacks to city services. If only there was like a department in the city that took a majority of the general grossly fund. grossly underfunded, you yeah, know, just overfunded, oh rather. Can't do it. If there was just one, you know, um, but <laughs> they need those grenade launchers is the thing. That's what you don't understand, James. They need those grenade launchers. Well, and this came off of, I mean, this is only a couple years after the mass layoffs of 2009, mm. which, you know... To the point of the recession and the all that. recession yeah, that was caused yeah, yeah. by it, but at the same time, it provided a convenient excuse to lay off. I think it was something almost to the effect of like forty a lot per- of people, forty yeah. percent or something to that effect of the, like the entire city uh, workforce. And this is something that Pat West would go on to brag about. He would say, yeah. "I have eliminated." He would say, "Meetings. I have eliminated eight or nine hundred jobs or whatever, or, or city jobs or whatever it is." Yeah. Again, trimming, trim as he sees it, trimming the fat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this this revelation not only is like running in the LA Times, it ends up getting Long Beach in the national news. Cool, uh, because uh, Senator John Barrasso from uh, a Republican from Wyoming yeah. goes on the air to talk about how the burden of President Obama's health care law was placing even Democratic strongholds like Long Beach on in strains. Right. Yeah. Um, so, of course, the city council meeting comes after this article drops, and there's a huge discussion about a resolution that was introduced by councilwoman at the time, Jerry Shipsky, to revisit the decision to reduce hours. So, <sighs> people are basically pissed. They're like, yeah, how man. are you doing this, right? Yeah. So, Understandably <laughs> so. Like, you're talking about, like, l- just layoff after yeah. layoff. And, or layoffs, and then in a few years after that, you're talking about reducing hours to just enough so yeah. they don't have to give you fucking health insurance. Yeah. I mean, it's also funny to think at the time, like, what was probably, okay, here's the unfortunate thing. Like, okay. I don't know. I'm not in the minds of the city council members who were sure. there at the time. Sure. Like, I'd, I would hope so that they yeah. were upset that people simple, weren't getting health care. Yeah. They were probably more upset that the Republicans were outing Long Beach hey. being like, look at these Democrats. Hey. <laughs> you can't say that. Can you imagine Robert Garcia having, like, Republicans clap back at him like that? Like, oh, that's just. It's. I mean, it's. 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 
when a, when a Republican says something like that, it truly is like, oh yeah, no, no, no. But you guys, he's doing the same. They're doing the same shit you're doing. Yes, like 100%. that's what it is. Like the policy of it of uh, let's make sure we don't give them enough hours to do yeah. that is a conservative policy. Yeah, like, to do that, it's it's business minded first. Right. You know, it's not. Anyway, duh, right. duh. Yeah. Um, so, of course, the city manager, Pat West, who's at all the city council meetings, mm-hmm. he publicly denies that any part-time employees have lost work hours as a result of the Affordable Care Act. Um, he says, quote, there's nothing to restore at this time, but we certainly are paying a lot of attention to hours for our employees as we go through the budget. Um, and what? then... <laughs> But the, the the ship is like the 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 it's out. That yeah, you're doing this. Like it's out. you just be like, nah. <laughs> well, he, he knows that there's no way to prove this. One thing that that oh. West was kind of famous for was something called the two four from menu or uh, uh, two. I would from. always order off the two four from yeah, menu. Dude. <laughs> Two, four, so from I got bad, bad diarrhea from there one time. Imagine, I, listen, rough. if there's any city hall people, you need to create a cafe at the, the, two city, four hall, the, uh, the city hall with the two, four, from menu. The two, four, from. The two, four, from um, memo. Memo. Which was got usually it. a one to two page document that he would send out for uh, agenda items that he wanted to highlight. And it was basically his way to editorialize on a particularly uh, hot issue before it would hit. Oh. And, and he sent these out to like staffers and shit? This would be sent out to everybody. everybody? Uh, Who's mass everybody? Email staff, a mass email for the legislative department as um. well as the um, uh, the city manager uh Workers, yeah, but you have to remember this is back in the old city hall where you had the 14th floor, which was the legislative department, and then the 13th floor where the city manager was, as well as any of his pe- uh, d- people who would directly report to him, right? Right, the clubhouse, the clubhouse there, yeah. That, that, that two, that two, four from memo would uh <laughs> specify exactly you know what the po- would give a general background of what the policy was, very much like that clip that James played mm-hmm. earlier, mm-hmm. um, but then. Very thinly disguised the editorializing of why you would want to take a particular position on a thing. Oh. And it's very sly way of him being able to put his finger on the scale mm, as to where yeah. he wanted a particular policy to be heading. It's kind of like saying like, hey, look, this is what, what this looks like and this is what we should do so it looks like this. He wouldn't even say this is what we should do. He would just, like he did there, he put it in historical context. He would oh. say, other cities have done blank. <laughs> So perhaps, you know, gotcha. we, we align very much in cities in this way because we have similar attributes to them. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. So this is what he actually does. He puts out a memo after this council meeting and actually uh, gives the information to like all the city, city council. The memo gets put out to the media as well. That city department heads were the, the leads of each of the city departments were provided with information of, about the Affordable Care Act, but were not directed to reduce the hours of part-time staffers to duck paying benefits. Um, he said administrators have made decisions on their hours based on their budget and it's staffing out of my analysis. Hands. It's out of taking my hands. into account all factors, including the healthcare lie. Uh, so, yeah, that's a real convenient way to be like, it wasn't me, but also I'm saying like, this is your budget. <laughs> and, and then you he have says, to this and don't you dare. As staffing decisions filtered down through the departments, there may have been some miscommunication to no. individual employees as to the basis for those decisions. God, He's, whom am I to know? He didn't he, say that part. He's slick, he's <laughs> slick with it, though. That's a real slick way of being like, it wasn't me, dude. Like, fucking. You got to think that comes from years of working in different bureaucratic structures. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. 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 25 years in Paramount. That, that's, not, that's not a skill that you. <laughs> that's where they learn you. Yeah. That's not a skill that you just are born with. That's something Ooh. you learn how to uh, 
you know, like you said, I'm not telling you to do this. However, you have X amount of dollars and you make the decision. And by the way, I can fire you unilaterally. So. Oh, yeah. So the other the other achievement I want to talk about is how much Pat West was so cozy with developers. Developers. Right, right, right. People who are building all this. Not just stuff. car wash people? Not just car wash other people. people too. Okay. All so right. I don't know if you remember in the beginning I mentioned that he was the former redevelopment agency or RDA director mm-hmm. in Long Beach from 2005 to 2007. Mm-hmm. So all those stories we talked about in last season around West Beach, the jungle, and all these mm. agencies that came in to like just a slush fund of money just to wipe out poor folks and like rebuild fancy shit that like nobody would go to. Housing part one. This is season one of Long yeah. Beach season. There you go. Good plug. Good plug. Right. So he was the director of the redevelopment agency right, right as um, it was dissolved um, or before it was dissolved, I should say. Oh, yeah. So um, if you remember from that episode, the redevelopment agencies in California were dissolved in 2012 through legislation by the state of California. Um, Just to give you a minute, a a, a sense of it, at that time, the Long Beach Redevelopment Agency controlled 40% of the city's land. That's like millions of property tax dollars. So sounds yucky. (laughs) I don't want it. (laughs) So like we've talked about before, the redevelopment agencies, a lot of people at the time Mm. when Jerry Brown decided to abolish them were saying that the agencies straight from their original missions um, and subsidize major corporations at the expense of local businesses, yeah. ruined neighborhoods, uh-huh. all to raise tax revenue for the city. Um, and a lot of... Um, that sounds like their original mission, though. Let's be real. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> honestly. <laughs> now we're just like, oh, wait, that's a right. bad thing. <laughs> um, and statewide, you know, uh, a lot of critics uh, say that agencies were diverting at least $1.5 billion in property taxes into special projects, like a lot of projects in Long Beach, yeah. to build luxury hotels and regional shopping malls mm. um, and displace poor folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so and he was head of that. He was like, let's he go. He was the head of that. Yeah, 05 to 07. Gotcha. <laughs> so when my remember, so Pat West is director of the RDA for two years, moves into the higher position of city manager in Long yeah, Beach. Yeah. And so he's city manager when Jerry Brown decides to dissolve and the legislature decides to dissolve um, redevelopment agencies. So, so knowing it, this is happening. Yeah. He decides to rush through 1.2 billion in development plan commitments before the agency is dissolved. So, I, and oh, the money's gone. Wow. So many RDAs wanted to take no chances because you know they were they didn't know what was going to happen with all those things. So in Long Beach, yeah. um, Pat West got the city council managers to vote to commit 1.2 billion in current and future RDA money to local projects. Some that weren't even specified, just to keep it out of the state hands. Oh wow! So just just to be like, money we away. Just, just shove all this shit through because this this thing isn't going to be around anymore to help us shove shit through. And then Hell like yeah. you said. Billion with a B? 1.2 billion. Jesus. So that probably, (laughs) I don't know. When we talk about development and we talk about these things or whatever, it's not like there's plenty of other problems and legislation that we've looked at that's like, oh, that's a fucked up thing happening then. Oh, that's a fucked up thing happening then. When we talk about development, it's like, that's a fucked up thing that's going to be here for uh, 30 years. And 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 mind you, this is like the time when they're like $150,000 for language access and providing Things in Spanish and Kamai and Tagalog, we can't do that. Oh my god! But one, one billion, <laughs> one point two billion dollars for another fucking 
Quiznos or whatever the fuck. <laughs> I see you smiling. <laughs> the, you have to remember, too, that these... Uh, you keep saying that, and I don't want to remember. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to forget. Every night I try, I take the devil's lettuce and I try to forget all of capitalism. <laughs> and sometimes it works. <laughs> but it's exactly like you said. This is times when they're pinching pennies on every particular thing. They're putting fees on every single possible thing. We're make, becoming an entirely fee-based city. And yet... Um, Major decisions about, you know, not not just the on the balance sheet about how much these things are cost, but also just the space and how it's going to be allocated mm-hmm. is being made in one night, but sometimes not even on, you know, having any particular comment. It's being shoved through on the, uh, the consent, consent calendar. Agenda. Yeah. Consent calendar, it's yeah. so wild to me to hear about like a pre that era Long Beach. What was it like? <laughs> so <laughs> Pat West, you know, the our redevelopment agencies got abolished by Jerry Brown. And yeah. Pat West is able to get this $1.2 billion, like, siphoned away, right? Smushed it in there. So now that the redevelopment agency is gone, Pat West, the city manager, combines departments and creates a new city department called Development Services to take over the former redevelopment agency functions and actually bring in planning, building inspections. And he says, quote, for the first time, the money source is in the same house as the planning. For the first time, the dynamites with all the matches. (laughs) We did it, guys. Yo, that's a really good, good, that's a good metaphor. You're welcome. Uh, That's what you have me here for. (laughs) It reminds me, I remember when we were like early, early, way before the people's budget started going off, uh, one of the uh, city budget press conferences that me and a couple of other organizers crashed. It Mm. was great. We we were in there, city manager and all the city manager staff walked in and they were like, the fuck are you doing here? (laughs) (laughs) We didn't expect people. Well, they were not expecting, you know, like, like, hi, hi, you missed me. Um, and I remember he opened the press conference with all the media there saying, this budget is a message to developers that Long Beach is ready for business. Gross. You know, Gross. like whatever the city budget that provides yeah. like all of the basic necessities and social services. But yeah. fuck that. Developers, it's come get business. your money. We're, hey, how's it going, guys? Yeah. We're selling off Long Beach to the highest bidder, and we're going to spin that as a good thing. Which leads us to the big thing I want to talk about, because this is the thing that annoys me the, the most mm. out of everything that Pat West has done. Um, yeah. This is coming off of my own personal vendetta. I swear to God, it's not that. It <laughs> <laughs> annoys you the most? I want to talk about the City Civic Center Public-Private Partnership, or P3. Oh, yes, 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 yes. So in Long Beach, uh, this is so Pat West. We'll talk a little bit about his life now. He has his own website and consulting business. Oh, great. He openly brags that while in Long Beach, Pat West worked closely initiating one of the largest municipal P3 P3 projects in the United States. Hmm. So uh, the new City Hall, if you don't know, our Civic Center um, our city hall is located right next to the Port of Long Beach headquarters. They're mm-hmm. two tall glass buildings. Mm. In my opinion, they look pretty plain. It looks like an ugly mall. Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> I've seen Long them. Beach loves our ugly malls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, so that actual complex is the largest public-private development of its kind on the West Coast and is expected to be a model for a lot of other cities in the United States. Mm. So I want to talk a little bit about it because um, and give you some context to what exactly this is, right? Sure. So our old city hall beforehand, uh, before this current city hall, was built in 1976. Mm. Beautiful, brutalist cement. Oh, it was... <laughs> Yeah, and it was like the city council chambers was like the set for um, Star Trek too. That's right. Yeah. For real? Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it was. It's an 
an interesting building for sure. That's crazy. A lot of fun memories for you, right? Oh, it's great. Actually, there was a secret bike room on the bottom of it. So you could ride your bike down into the garage, down into the bowels, and uh, take a shower <laughs> and walk up your bike and take an elevator directly up to your workplace. It was awesome. That's wow. so local. What was, <laughs> what was the name of the hawk that lived up on the top? Oh, Peaches. There was a hawk? Peaches. There's a hawk named Peaches? Yeah, you'd sit the there in meetings and all of a sudden, you know, with a lobbyist or whatever, and all of a sudden you start seeing feathers gently. <laughs> Oh, cascade man. down the window and then a you know a rat or something like carcass Ooh. would hit the uh, <laughs> yeah That's what happened, whatever happened to charm in Ex, our city you know <laughs> <laughs> they don't build city halls like these they too. yeah <laughs> <laughs> local flora and fauna so uh. um this city hall building fell into disrepair and uh, eventually became structurally unsound so okay. they did tests and realized like oh actually if there was a major earthquake yeah. we would literally all die and the pe- the building would pancake in on itself Ooh. so under the previous mayor bob yeah. foster and pat west they came up with a plan to look at a public-private partnership um, and as a way to avoid any additional taxes or bonds to taxpayers. So yeah. I want to talk a little bit about what the hell public-private partnerships are, right? Yeah, it doesn't sound good. I don't know. Whenever we get into privatization <laughs> well, of uh, things, it's... Drop in your chair. Yeah. Here oh, we go. You mean like healthcare? <laughs> like, oh, oh. <laughs> So P3s actually began in the 1990s as a neoliberal response to the significant opposition from workers and the general public to the direct privatization of state-run welfare programs. Mm. So these neoliberal governments who didn't support any of these like these huge government programs and giving, you know, poor folks the actual help that they needed, right? Yeah. Um, these governments face the dilemma of like, how do we continue to continue our politics, right, and decimate core public services, yeah. um, especially when infrastructure and like government and um, faced like a lot of support for public services and the public realm in general, right? Yeah. And this is all documented really well in a book called Neoliberal Urban Policy and the Transformation of the City by Andrew McLaren and Sinead Kelly. So how do we dress this up? So yes, it looks exactly. Good. Nice how do we evil. how do we make people <laughs> no, think it, we're it doing is the government? Things? It is the government, but yeah. it's the government brought to you by Sprite. So <laughs> so P3s grew in the 1990s and 2000s in places like Ireland, England, Germany, Latin America, Canada. Mm. I mean everything from like roads everywhere to where freedom reigns. <laughs> <laughs> Everything from like uh, roads to schools, hospitals, even public housing were these public-private partnerships, oh, right? Um, and as you could imagine, like a lot of them, you know, weren't successful, right? Yeah, um, I but, can't imagine that. I but can in, see it. <laughs> but the nefarious part about it is that in order to avoid the public opposition to privatization, mm. these P3s were explicitly defined not as privatization, but mm. instead branded as partnerships mm. meant to bring the benefits of the private sector and markets yeah. into the public the sphere. Free market, baby. Free market, baby. But it's still government. It's still Uncle Sam. I mean, this was really popular in cash-strapped governments who were mm. scrambling to fund the needed infrastructure, sure. like civic buildings, utilities, yeah. roads. But the financial challenges were, like, really long-term, right? Sure. Yeah, um, a building is you gotta have that forever. Yeah, hopefully. And, and over time, a lot of evidence emerged, right? Like, who'd have thought that many of these P three projects involved the introduction of increased public service user charges, mm. um, a downward pressure on public sector wages, yeah. decreasing levels of unionization, there it is, reduction in the quality and accessibility of mm. public services, America, increased corporate involvement in governance. Who knew? Oh, you man. Bring the private sector into government. Sorry, I almost couldn't hear you over Ronald Reagan jizzing. <laughs> I couldn't, it was hard to make out. <laughs> um, so 
all of this, right, it was neoliberalization through marketization, right? Which is the, we're talking about the greater involvement of private capital and all these market mechanisms coming in. Market Um, mechanisms. Everything that traditionally was like planned, delivered, and financed by the state, by the government, right? We now have private capital. Yeah. 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 And we've got big government out of there and we have Mars bars now. My only experience with P3 is really, uh, I mean, now I work in one daily, which is the courthouse. I think the courthouse mm-hmm. came first. Yes. So the courthouse, the George Dumasian courthouse mm. was the first uh, public-private partnership. It was by the state, not the state of California, not by the uh, city of Long Beach. Gotcha. But it did inspire them to be like, oh, look, oh, at wow. that. look at that. It's so shiny. We can do that too. And. I'm there, and I think that's also worth mentioning that there was some controversy as to whether or not the original city hall was structurally unsound. There was a lot of controversy. Jerry Shipsky again, who you know, kind of made her career as a non-ideological opponent of anything that Garcia, Foster, or West did, just on reflex, <laughs> which was fun. But you know, hey, it's, <laughs> a, it's a choice. Yeah, it wasn't like she was doing it for any you yeah. know, like larger policy. Don't stand for anything. No. just be against things. But she from a fiscal perspective, was like, look, this is a massive undertaking that we're going to be doing. Um, I'm not even sure, you know, whether or not this, this study was legitimate. Mm-hmm. And even if it is, it, wouldn't it be um, less expensive to essentially retrofit the existing building? Yeah. And uh, yeah. that the, that That's... idea was universally shot down on the basis of, uh, how dare you put us workers in danger of dying of all four uh, stairwells for this building separating all at once and it panking down and killing us all. Um, it's a very convenient thing to happen. Mm. And we might, yeah. and it was a pattern that was then later used to justify the closure of community hospital. Ooh. So mm-hmm. this is, this is truly like the cheese man right here. It's this like, is, perhaps girl, we've we're been saying, in it. Listen, we've we're been not in saying it. that's what happened, but that might be like, maybe what happened. What, to what degree was that structurally unsoundness, like the inherent thing of a, of a brutalist building, which, you know, kind of actually is made to last. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Versus Foster, the guy who was kind of promoting all this at the time mm-hmm. by, you know, uh, which was it's intentional just... degradation of the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, the old library famously asked for a new roof because it was leaking all over it, and he told them to put a tarp over it. Oh, God. You know, any yeah. of the functional- <laughs> Put a tarp in it. Making it worse intentionally, dude. There was a playground on top of the city hall that was completely discontinued at some point because it's, you know, too expensive to maintain. Sure. But essentially, you know, it was pretty obvious that they were giving up on it far before any of this allegations mm. of structural unsoundness were, at, yeah. were there. It's like, listen, do you want a minimum wage or do you want a tarp? Like, you got you to figure it <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, get one. Right? We're all trying to make or choices neither. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about <laughs> what this meant for Long Beach. So Pat West works with the city council and Mayor Foster to, to push through this uh, plan for to redevelop the Civic Center and City Hall um, as a public-private partnership or P3, right? So this is in 2014. The city ends up going with this developer um, team called Plenary Edgemore, which is a partnership of multiple companies that won a competition held by the city to find the builder of this. So with this agreement, the city negotiated with the developer Plenary Edgemore. They will take on the design, finance, building, operation, and maintenance of the new Civic Center for 40 years. So from when this thing is built for 40 years, the this private developer is um, operating and maintaining our Civic Center, which is a public facility. So operating and maintaining, that includes like paying the employees? 
Well, Sweet. we'll talk a little bit about that. Okay. So Plenary Edgemore funded the development of the new Civic Center with private capital, including its own equity and money borrowed from lenders such as large insurance companies and other financial institutions. Gotcha. All private money to build this thing, right? Yeah. The city's annual payments over time would pay down the debt and cover all the operating and maintenance costs for the Civic Center. Mm. So we, every year, even now, we pay this developer um, $13.5 million <laughs> to pay down our Every own civic year. center. And and for the next 40 years? or For the next 40 years. Um, <laughs> so the money mostly comes from the city's tax-supported general fund and mm. fees such as like filming permits, right? Mm. So I think that's important to point out because the whole basis of this is like, look, we don't want to add tax burden onto taxpayers, right? By like doing our own, building our own civic center. But you do just longer. You and are. Different. Exactly. <laughs> and in no, a different like, way. <laughs> yes. And no, like the like the whole, as Stefan talked about before, right? Like if there's bonds or things like that, there's a tax, right? Mm. You have a dedicated revenue source coming in. Yeah. Get done with this. This is just coming from no. our city budget. Yeah. So compared to the Dugmasian courthouse that Stefan mentioned, the Civic Center development is way more complex because this has nine partners and 13 separate legal agreements just to finance, build, and operate this thing. My God. So the city of Long Beach won't actually take full control of the Civic Center until 2059. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? That's good, though, because by then they'll be underwater. So there you go. Good. There you we're go. It's all, it's all great. Am I wrong? Everybody will have the Belmont pool. <laughs> yeah, everyone will have the Belmont pool. Am I wrong? Or was it part of that agreement as well that they would actually have like retail or something ridiculous also inserted inside? Is there something inside? I think there might have been some part of that. Well, that was the courthouse. Okay. The courthouse actually, has no, like a subway inside The courthouse is fucked up because what happened was. <laughs> This is so nerdy that I know this, but do. So the courthouse originally, like, because it was a government agency, they had like a provision. They had priority for like veterans and like minority-owned businesses to operate the food concessions mm. in the courthouse. Okay. When they did the new courthouse, because it was a public-private partnership, they didn't have any of that obligation. So now they have. If you go to the courthouse today, it's like a subway. It's yeah. all these like chains, and there was a huge hubbub because all of these operators who were like veterans, and we all, be, yeah. like, you know, we like to be like we support, we our, support the troops. troops. Yeah. They were like, well, this developer, this private developer, kicked me out, and they're not. They can canceled it, my lease, and the government can do anything about it. Can't cool. even get a damn shoe shine there. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, that's a classic. I've seen but, that in movies. <laughs> Where else are you supposed to do it if you're a lawyer? That's One, true. That's true. The, the LA Times uh, at the time reporting on this said, quote, in simple terms, private real estate developers agreed to build $520 million worth of public buildings and a city park in exchange for land where they will build their own profit-making apartments, condominiums, and stores. A hotel may be added there if there's a demand for one. The private development is valued at more than $350 million. Because be- it's important to understand this wasn't just a city hall building. Yeah. They're given land, the Link- Lincoln Park, the yeah. main library. Library land in the middle yeah. that now this developer owns. They just do whatever the fuck they want with it. So that. recently, if you like, as the time of this recording, the yeah. old city hall building has been demolished. It's right. just empty. It's a hole, and that's going to be filled over. That yeah. is now land that this ho- this developer can build um, apartments, condominium stores, hotels if they wanted to, all say. for their profit. They can, and with the downtown plan, they go as high as they want. Yeah, all profit, baby. Oh, it's like a trade center kind it's of thing. Just given away to them. No. Would you live in a condo in city hall? <sighs> Oh no! I no, can't, I can't imagine the worst place. <laughs> well, well, give if, me the roaches. If, <laughs> if, like, if peaches came back, I would. If, <laughs> if the hawk came back, yeah. Where is P- RIP? I guess so. Probably, right. As I mentioned, you know, one of the if you're saying, okay, why is this so bad, right? So private par- private operators partnership with the government really insulates them from accountability to 
pu- the public, right? Yeah. For cutting too many corners, mm-hmm. providing substandard service, or even violating people's civil or constitutional rights. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, P3s, I have to say, like, are often meant as, and it was pitched this way by Pat West, as a solution to this public funding shortfall, right? Sure. Like, you know, we don't have the money to really build these fancy things that we like. Yeah. Um, but it's just... So you're buying it on on essentially, like... It's like a bad investment. Yeah. Right? Like you're just on a hook for 40 years. Literally, even the U.S. Treasury Department notes in their reports, quote, all infrastructure investments ultimately depend on either user fees, government tax revenues, or a combination of both. Private private financing in the form of private bonds and equity capital are still project obligations that must be repaid. And simply changing the source of project debt through a P3 does not Mm. resolve the two most common restraints on government revenues. One, economic hardship, and two, insufficient political support. So we own a, we own a, what is this? What is this building? The city, city <laughs> we hall? Do, we don't own it, We actually. don't own it. <laughs> but we bought it on Klarna, basically, is what you're saying. We're making, we're making very expensive <laughs> We're making payments. incredible Klarna payments every year. <laughs> For the next 40 years. So in May 2016, as this whole thing's getting, you know, uh, uh, finished and, and built and all of that, um, the city council ent- enters into uh, a labor controversy with the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, or IAM for short. IAM is the union that represents a majority of city employees from legislative staff to clerical staff to public works employees. Um, and also like the lowest paid folks in the city, right? Mm-hmm. So even like Marquez and Smith, we were talking about earlier. Yeah, they would have been part of that. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. So it came up to the city council because the city was about to contract out 12 jobs that uh, used to be at the Civic Center that now with this new operation coming in, with this new development, um, the city was going to outsource 12 jobs there um, and these workers would have lost their jobs. So it was a huge point of contention for IAM um, when they started negotiating this in 2015 because the city asserted that um, maintenance, custodial, and security positions at City Hall needed to be contracted out to ensure that the facilities at the new Mm. Civic Center are returned to the city in 40 years at uh, the uh, Facility Condition Index Score agreed to their contract with the private developer. So IAM goes to fight that, being like, this is, you're just trying to outsource jobs yeah. and take away, like, these, you know, union these jobs. These jobs that were union jobs that probably, I mean, they didn't pay great, but they had yeah. certain rules that and you this, had to, like, do or whatever. Yeah, and the city comes back and say, like, well, we'll help them find jobs elsewhere in the city. And IAM comes back saying, then what happens to the other city employees that yeah. you're displacing because of these employees? Yeah, you're not, this doesn't, <laughs> you can't, what, are you going to invent 12 new jobs? yeah. So, you know, the union union goes uh, on a big fight and, you know, says that the city's last best and final offer only promises to protect the displaced employees specifically assigned to City Hall. And it doesn't protect other employees who will inevitably be displaced as a result of reassignment. Yeah. Um, And, you know, this is also, I think, really emblematic of just the huge fight, not just going back to what we talked about earlier with Pat West about Mm -hmm. how he was very anti-labor, right? But this was a constant struggle, despite us being like a labor town, right? Anything you want to say about that? No. (laughs) Again, he's putting us into a uh, balance sheet and making the judgments thereof. And he's using the obfuscation of reassignment as a means to be able to slowly bleed out one of the more annoying unions in his mind. Yeah, yeah. One that, you know, has continually kind of uh, protested moves like this, but 
is not going to be politically aligned with them either. Yeah. After when all of the P3 development was getting approved, Larry Cosmont, a Manhattan Beach development consultant, uh, was quoted in one of the uh, articles at the time talking about this project, which I think really speaks to how dangerous this is. He says, quote, some version of the Long Beach public-private partnership is the future of how public facilities should be built. We expect this model to expand and proliferate in California. Oh, my God. You know, which I think is like, that's the danger that's, of it. That's what he wants. That's what exactly what that's he what wants. That's what they want, right? right? It's just to keep doing this so they can, you know, get the, the back end uh, lean city, make money for these private interests and stuff right. in well, perpetuity. And yeah. you can avoid having to put this before a vote. Oh, yeah. fuck. This is, you know, big expenditures like this otherwise would have to be put right. forth before uh, uh, ballot initiatives potentially, or um, this way you can have a quick little vote by by way of the uh, city government, yeah. and you're on the hook next for the next four years. Ugh. So I know what you're probably wondering. Yeah. What the hell is Pat West doing now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Showing up to car washes, I guess, man. <laughs> gets his car washed. Yeah, Honestly, he, he probably wash. gets his car washed every day. Let's be real. Oh, disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> So Pat West uh, retired, as I mentioned earlier. He retired from city being city manager in 2019. Mm -hmm. And uh, not only did he, he didn't retire quietly. No. He created Pat West LLC, Ooh. which is his consulting firm for other cities and city managers. Okay. So <laughs> according All to right. his, What does he tell them? <laughs> according to his website, he says, quote, Pat West has lived and managed to just about anything a city can experience during, her, during his 39 years working in city government. Yeah, money. Except the fucking pandemic. I'll say that. <laughs> he was out of there. He was out of there. <laughs> Um, it's his website says, quote, Pat has developed successful strategies and paths to issues facing local government. Pat can help you, whether you are a city manager looking for ways to turn your city around or a developer needing assistance navigating the complexities of the political and entitlement process. If you ever pitch me an ex-government employee's website pitch again on a podcast, I, 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 will, I swear to God, I will walk out. I don't ever need to hear that again. <laughs> Disgusting. Can I read you all some of the services? that you can get from Pat West LLC. I wish there was Yelp reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, we should find we out. Should've. We yeah. should If not, we're going to create one. We'll do a him. Patreon content. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so some of the services you can go to Pat West LLC for mm -hmm. is understanding P3s. Oh, shit. How developers can work effectively with cities. Mm. City manager survival skills. Ooh. City turnarounds. Okay. Labor well, negotiations. Hey. Probably not the good ones. Yeah, no, if, if you're the bad guy. <laughs> Survival skills and evaluations. Uh, excuse me? Wait, hold on. What now? <laughs> like, you know, when the city council is reviewing you for your position to figure out whether we need to fire you or give you a raise? Oh. Yeah. Survival skills for negotiations. Got it, got it, yeah. got it. I, I was here. I was thinking Flint and rocks and yeah. putting up a tent. His last one is managing conflict with elected officials. <laughs> Girl, wow! It sounds like his strategy is dependent on somebody else and say he was never the enemy, right? Like you guys have, <laughs> yeah, <said. laughs> yeah. I also want to tell you a little bit about um, Pat West grind set, grind set, dude. The grind set mindset, dude. I also want to tell you a little bit before Hashtag I talk boy boss. <laughs> before we talk about his clients, I want to tell you who's on his team. So there's okay. like a dozen people on his team, just twelve losers. <laughs> Well, let me tell you, one of the people on his team is Jim McDonald. <laughs> Whoa. What? You're going to have to refresh me here. Oh, man. It's been a long time. Oh, Jim McDonald. Stefan just, just Give fell it to me. his chair. Jim McDonald is former LAPD who Ooh. then became Long Beach. LBPD. Well, oh, no, yeah, no, yeah, he sorry, started right. in the LAPD. You're true. 
Yeah. Um, which is why when he became chief of police for the Long Beach PD, we everybody like, was like, fuck that guy. <laughs> and who appointed him to be the police chief of Long Beach Police Department? That would be- Pat, Pat West. Yeah. Pat West. They, that's another interesting thing. The so this city manager so is a, work with next cop is- <laughs> Well, then he became LA County, County Sheriff. Sheriff. For mm. one terrible term, and, and those guys are always nice, right? And was, yeah. he was, and then deplo- he was deposed by uh, Alex Villanueva. Mm. So McDonald was McDonald was, it was a- so bad. He was usurped by Villanueva, who was so bad. <laughs> he was usurped by. I'm sensing a pattern with sheriffs here. <laughs> well, and the thing with and the thing with McDonald specifically is that one of the allegations that's come out about redevelopment as a whole, and especially in the wake of uh, Breonna Taylor's killing, mm-hmm. is that redevelopment it works hand-in-hand hand with police as a way to clear out mm. low-income neighborhoods, yes. neighborhoods of color by over-policing specifically, going in with violent policing, and then allowing the developers to come in after everybody's moved out. And it's <sighs> fucked up. The fucking way this shit's all connected. The Kansas City Police Department had been instructed in order to target this area for policing. And the mm. same, Long Beach PD had done the exact same thing, starting with McDonald's ten- tenure. That's when we had a lot of what, those quote unquote bad shoots, like the Zogby shoot, or Zergby shooting and everything else. Yeah. But it's not only Jim McDonald who's part of the Pat West LLC, there's also Craig Beck. Wow. <laughs> can I just, for a second before we get into that, can I just say that like, it is so uh, astonishing and like fucked up how clear of a through line you can draw between police shootings and mm. redevelopment. Yes, of a community. Yes, you know, I think we need to take a second and talk like, about it. Tell me more. <laughs> I'm just saying, as like as as you're telling me these things, how these are all like that. Stefan, your point is really integral to like why we're talking about this and why we're talking about Pat West is that like this is violence like redeveloping a place like putting in a car wash instead of a park or literally anything else yeah. like that's violence because before then it's like the area is over policed by LBPD or whatever you know and it's it's well, and he's putting the band back together here because Craig Beck was instrumental in that. Was he in public works? Am I right about that? Let me tell you about Craig Beck. So Craig Beck is the former Craig director Beck. of development services, the department that Pat West created oh, after fuck. redevelopment agencies were abolished. Yes, yes. Um, who eventually was only in the job for about a year and a half because he was demoted in 2002 for taking trips with a Long Beach lobbyist named Mike Murchison, including a discounted stay at a Napa hotel. Um, this whole incident create like was the inciting incident for the city's lobbying ordinance. <laughs> wow! So he landed uh, on his feet, though. Good for him. I gotta say, this, this is like a wild story, right? Yeah. So he's taking the government money and going and getting Manny Petties on the beach. Craig Beck is uh, head of development services for a year and a half when he quote unknowingly, according to him, received a discounted room from Lodge Works just, that he repaid the full amount, and when he returned home. Mike Murchison is a lobbyist for this company, Lodgeworks, which owns the Napa Hotel, where him and Craig Beck stayed oh together as he was uh, as Murchison was seeking approval through the city's redevelopment office for a 125 room hotel in downtown Long Beach. So, so local Ooh. media like, is scrutinizing yeah. their relationship together. Now, why Craig would Beck. they scrutinize that? He's just having a good time. Right? They do a public records request and publish emails between the two of them in which they discuss, quote, comped rooms, <laughs> drinking scotch, and taking a limo to wineries and going to Angels games together. I mean, but that could be about anything. It's not about <laughs> them sweetening the deal. What are you talking about? Was this Bill Pearl's work back in the day? Yeah. Oh, yeah. RIP. Craig oh, Beck writes in a November 19th email to Mike 
Mike Murchison that got published in the Press Telegram. He says, quote, I feel you have my back and I hope you know I have yours. Oh my God. I do have a soul that needs feeding and I prefer devil's food. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. Murchison was is and was one of the least subtle people yeah. in city go- in city lobby. He might as well have sent an email. Craig Beck wrote that. Oh my god. Craig uh, Beck wrote to that. To Mike Murchison. Ooh. Ooh. That's disgusting. That was I was going to like make a joke about how like <laughs> gross and in bed they were, but that was nastier than anything I could have made a joke about. I'm homophobic now. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it, literally, he should have sent an email. Is like, after you suck me off, I will give you this deal. Like, period. Like, that's what it. That's basically what he sent. My God, they're so, always brazen. So, what does this. Pat West do? Pat West placed him on administrative leave, and then eventually reassigned him to be a manager in oil and gas department, where he took a twenty percent pay cut down to one hundred and forty thousand dollars a year. Oh, pobrecito. yeah, it's tough times. <laughs> Pat goes on record saying, quote, this has been a very difficult decision that I do not take lightly. The action is the right decision for the Long Beach community and the city organization <laughs> yeah. and allows us to get back to the business of making Long Beach a great city. Dude, a decision I don't make lightly, putting my friend in another job where he still makes six <laughs> figures. This was a tough one. I sweat over this one. I really, oh boy. Isn't that wild? Yeah, that's wild. Why isn't the episode about that? <laughs> <laughs> there's, I, there's that's a, whole, a story. You know? is, that, this is gonna be a whole nother episode. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you need a Murchison episode. Oh well, yes, yeah, comment. Stay tuned. Oh, so. <laughs> Pat West LLC, right? Pat West also lobbies a lot in his new role for developers. You and, don't fucking say. <laughs> right? <laughs> Shocking. His biggest client is Pacific Six. Uh, if you're not familiar with Pacific Six, they are a politically active investment firm that has been renovating the Breakers Hotel over um, and the Ocean Center apartment building Ooh. over in downtown Long Beach. Um, they also own the Long Beach Post. Oh, cool. Its primary investor is John Molina, who <laughs> was one of Robert Garcia's biggest individual donors. If you recall, Robert Garcia was also a one-time owner of the Long Beach Post back in the day. Mm. Um, and they Pacific Six was also part of the failed attempt to save Community Hospital, which caused the property to go from public ownership to private ownership. So, Community Hospital, another one of those deals where a... Uh, it was originally taken over by Memorial. Everybody said, hey, uh, why are we letting this one hospital own all, you know, multiple properties? They're probably going to just cl- try to close this one down and get everybody to go down to their one mm. hospital. And uh, Sounds like you hate the free market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the sad things about that hospital is it's the only place that had a mental health, lockdown mental health facility. Wow. So if you wanted to, say, detox from uh, serious substance abuse, sure. that was the place where you did it. Mm-hmm. That is true, because I, uh, I had some friends who were able to utilize those services. That was really important. I also heard that the reason Community Hospital was built in the first place was because all of the white folks in East Long Beach didn't want to go to the other side of the city where those people lived. Mm. <laughs> So do what you will with that. <laughs> what a rich tapestry our city is. <laughs> but especially with Molina involved in there, I mean, what you're seeing is the privatization of the foster uh, uh, administration in its new life where people are now going to be working on contracts instead of receiving uh, government money directly. Right, right. But doing essentially the exact same thing that they were before, which was rubber stamping stuff for developers. So what did we learn tonight? Well, that Pat is never going to go away. You know, 
just a different, yeah, just a different guy, different, different beast. I think it's also important to understand Pat West is a huge reason why Long Beach is the way it is. And I think it's straight up to say that, like, why we have such deep inequality in the city too. Like, and it just, it has continued to grow. And you think about these hallmark policies that the city likes to say, look at how progressive we are. Like what is progressive about outsourcing jobs and bringing private capital into our government and continuing all of these schemes that are so, um, you know, obfuscated by, by, I don't know, just mad. (laughs) No, I mean, it's also just like the neoliberal shit is always like we, when you look at the actual policies, when you look at the, the, like the Republican who was like, oh, these democratic strongholds. And it's like, yeah, um, if you for a second start to look at politics as not like a fucking sports game yeah. where there's like, oh, my guy won or whatever the fuck, like and actually like policy shaping communities and hurting and affecting right. people like this is this is what we're talking about when yeah. we want a progressive in here. We want somebody who has the interests of people in, in mind. And, right. And even though city Pat West isn't the city manager anymore. I mean, you look at what the current city manager at the time of this recording, Tom Modica, is doing, and it's this continuous. Yeah. Of all of these same kind of policies, same kind of ideas. I mean, I think back to the all the episode we did about the ocean air, right? Yeah. With all these complex skidiskas and schemes. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. To be like, actually, but this is really just a thing so I can give developers money. Yeah, and put the city on the hook for it's it. It's also funny hearing him bring up in that clip the Rodney King uprising as like the a touchstone moment because and a, a point in which you know people need to recognize as a means for being able to do uplift in a place where you know people of color live in the city when the main knock on him when he was working with the city is that this is a white boy from orange county Mm -hmm. this is somebody who's trying to remake the city in the uh, vein of uh the other beach cities along the coast here of a newport or a huntington or a laguna Mm. and while he's learned to change the face of what he's saying he's he's learned to you know be able to couch things in progressive terms as a means to be able to coax the the council into doing what he wants the substance of what he's trying to do at the end of the day is mass gentrification Mm. much in the same way that orange county has just always functioned he wants it to look that way yeah and it's always been like i think when we talk about this stuff it's it's Money of this capital, protecting capital, it always leads to a form of violence. Yeah, that is poverty. And I think it's really important that we talk about those kinds of like policies. And at the end, at, at the core of it, those ideas, right? Those ideas mm. of like, like government, like private capital has a role in government. It does not, right? Like, no. we're really clear. It shouldn't, especially because, like, you know, when Pat West retired, like it was this huge pomp and circumstance of like, oh my gosh, like this is a big deal that he's retiring. The city underwent a nationwide search. We looked all over. We looked all, all over, over the country, and yeah. we ended up hiring the yeah. assistant city manager, yeah, right Tom Modica, he's who right internally was known to a lot of people. It was really obvious that he is Pat's protege, right? Yeah. Um, Tom Modica had never worked in any other city, and he mm. learned city management all from Pat, right? Yeah. So it's just also really important to acknowledge that these like ideas, these policies, these approaches, like it continues on, and like we gotta be aware about it. We know, we gotta know what's happening with current development within the city budget. These signs of neoliberalism in yeah, our government, man. right? It's it's gonna kill me because the alternative is that we need like a strong democracy. Yeah. Like we should be, and we if you're passionate and you're upset about all of this, like it's so important to get involved with like local organizing and pushing for things like public housing, mm-hmm. like community ownership of land to get these developers out things like community land trust like yeah. the city's actually putting some money into this not nowhere near the need no right but we should be demanding that the city invest more in community land trust instead of making schemes to 
would make developers rich. And you're like, oh, well, he's out of government. It's like, now no, no, he has a super robust lobbying team that is so powerful that they can make the city council unanimously support something. City council members that were supposedly just recently elected some yeah. of them that were like, these are the fucking guys. And it's like, dude, dude. As, as Ariana Grande would say, yeah, you want to close this out? <laughs> just that this is a person who I had I only really had one-on-one -on -one conversation with him and uh, for whatever reason this was at the opening of a Chuck E. Cheese in City Place <laughs> in where? City Place oh, we used to have a Chuck E. Yeah, Cheese yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. and for whatever reason I remember this is almost 10 years ago I decided to start talking to him about Prop 13 and taxes ooh, and this ooh. is somebody who at this point everybody's you know, this is somebody who, again, who is trying to increase revenue for the city, make right. it so that you have more uh, flexibility to be able to do things for sure. the city. And he turns around and he goes, no, that was, a, that, that was a very good thing for us because it kept, you know, old people in their homes, which is an old, which is a 80 style understanding of how uh, government's supposed to work. So this is somebody who firmly believes that it's government for the, for the wealthy in terms of how they're able to shape policy. Mm. Long Beach is a great city. We're a great city, man. <laughs> we did it. We did it. We're a great city now. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to see any more next door posts about, you know, a stranger in my in my yard or on yeah. the street. I want to, we need to be posting when Pat West shows up at the coffee shop. Yeah. To let everybody know. God damn. God damn. Now he's a professional <laughs> consultant. He's a lobbyist. Yeah. Like yeah. And who he's also does consulting, I guess. Yeah. Or whatever. He's a lobbyist. Uh. Anyway, should I close this out? Close this out. Oh, my God. Make it home, baby. If you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> you can follow us at LB Cheeseman on Instagram and Long Beach Cheeseman on Twitter. If you have any questions, comments, or follow-ups yourself, you can message us at those socials or at lbcheeseman at gmail.com. I almost said .org for some reason. <laughs> Uh, we got to check that email. Uh, Long Beach Cheeseman is brought to you in collaboration with Forth.org, a home for Long Beach grassroots art and media. If you're interested in supporting watchdog journalism imas, you can donate to Forth via Patreon at patreon.com slash F-O-R-T-H-E-L-B-C. I've been Daniel Spear. And I've been James Wazo. Stay queer and stay radical. Bye 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 bye. bye. <laughs> this is the least sexy episode we've ever done. <laughs> I disagree. You disagree? I've you been think it's sexy? Turned on the entire time. <laughs> You've been wet, <laughs> wet man. It was juicy. It was, it was juicy sauce. <laughs>